No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we move from Solomon's wisdom to the wisdom of Agur. We don't know who this is, but he presents his wise sayings with humility, questions, and lists. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Proverbs chapter 30 on Simply the Bible. Some sayings have become part of our culture, but their authors remain unknown. Such is the situation with Proverbs 30. The words of Agur, the son of Jacob, his utterance, this man declared to Ithiel, to Ithiel and Eucal. Now, none of these names appear anywhere else in Scripture, so we don't know who Agur is, nor do we know who he wrote this to. But in this chapter, we are given his sayings. His teaching style is unique. He asks rhetorical questions and then presents lists of things to illustrate specific points. Surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. What is Agur saying? Why would he call himself more stupid than any man when we know that he is wise? Is this affected modesty or false humility? Because his sayings are presented as scriptural wisdom, we cannot believe that these statements are false. It is far more likely that in pondering unanswerable questions about a great God, he realizes just how little he knows. The wisest people are those who know how ignorant they are, The more they learn, the less they know, and the more they realize just how more there is to learn. It is this dissatisfaction with one's knowledge that motivates him to know more. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Verse 4, Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name, if you know? As we meditate on the depth of these questions, we can see why Agur would confess his lack of knowledge. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Now, Jesus answered this question in John 3.13, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. Second question, who has gathered the wind in his fists? Whose fists would be so massive that they could gather all the winds of the earth in them? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Imagine all of the oceans being bound in a single garment. Who could do such a thing? And who has established all the ends of the earth? Some people claim that the Bible teaches the world is flat, or at least the ancients thought this. I don't believe that, for Isaiah wrote in the 8th century before Christ, in Isaiah 40, 22, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth 
and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Not only did Isaiah teach that the world was round, he also taught that the universe was expanding as God stretches out the heavens. No secular science taught such things in Isaiah's day. Then what did Agur mean by the ends of the earth? Either it is figurative for every part of the earth, or else it refers to the four directions of the compass. But to all these questions, there can be only one answer, God. Now, what is his name and what is his son's name? That is a most interesting question. People in Agur's day could answer the first part, God's name is Yahweh. But the fact that God even had a son was a revelation. The name of God's son had not yet been given. That would not occur until the angel Gabriel told Mary, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And to Joseph, the angel of the Lord revealed, Mary will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means Yahweh saves. The one who was with God in the beginning, the one who was God and through whom all things were made, this one descended from heaven to dwell with us. And the one who gathers the wind in his fist holds in his hand every person who believes in him. Verse five, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Every word of God is pure, like gold refined in the fire. It is of highest quality. Where else can you go to find such unadulterated truth? Certainly not to the news or social media. To everyone who trusts in the Lord, he is a shield. He will protect you from every flaming arrow of the evil one. He has given us a revelation that is complete and we need not add to it. Peter wrote in his second epistle, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. We dare not add to God's words, lest he rebuke us. Job made this mistake by speaking of things that he did not understand. And the Lord said to him, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Concerning the law of God, Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 4.2, You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. And speaking of the book of Revelation, the apostle John wrote, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So stern warnings against tampering with the word of God. Instead of adding to it with our own opinions, or theology, instead of taking away from it by explaining away its doctrines or moral instructions, we ought to simply study, believe, and practice it. Whoever does this will be blessed. 
two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Agur requested two things of God. First, he prayed that falsehood and lies would be taken away from him. He recognized his own human vulnerability to speaking untruths or to get caught up in deceit. Second, he desired neither poverty nor riches. Now, we can understand why he would want to be delivered from poverty. I mean, who wants to be poor? Moreover, he was afraid that if he became poor, then he might be tempted to steal. But why would he want to be delivered from riches? He realized that he could easily trust in his riches rather than trusting in God. And then he would soon forget about God and profane his holy name. The better solution was to simply pray for his daily bread, which is what Jesus taught us to do. Having our daily bread keeps us humble, dependent, and grateful to God for his provision. Do not malign a servant to his master, lest he curse you and you be found guilty. It is dangerous to criticize a servant before his master. It's also dangerous to criticize a wife before her husband or a husband before his wife. Neither should we malign one of God's servants before him. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 14.4, Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. One of the signs of the last days is that people will be disobedient to parents. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet it is not washed from its filthiness. There are those who are pure in their own eyes. They don't think that they are sinners. They consider themselves to be good people. But Jesus said, there is no one good except God alone. James tells us, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. Charles Spurgeon said that the only thing that will condemn a man to hell is his own self-righteousness. The person who refuses to confess that he is a sinner and who will not come to Jesus for forgiveness and cleansing will not be washed of his filthiness and will perish in his sins. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. According to Proverbs six seventeen. the first of the seven things God hates is a proud look. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Our words can be like piercing swords. How we all need to tame our tongues and learn the language of gentleness, which is understood and appreciated in any country. There are many greedy people who delight in devouring the poor. Instead, if God blesses us with wealth, may we be quick to use it to bless and care for the poor. Now to the sheep on his right hand, Jesus will say, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. 
And the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Verse 15, the leech has two daughters, give and give. The leech sucks blood and never gets enough. This sets up the next saying. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough, the grave, the barren woman, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. First, there are always vacancies in hell. Second, a woman who cannot have a child is perpetually longing for one. Third, dry earth cannot get enough water. And fourth, fire cannot get enough to consume. We don't know who Agur was, but we can all learn from his humility and his wisdom. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll consider more of the wise sayings of Agur about unbearable things, things that are little but wise, and things that are majestic and stately in their stride. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Proverbs on Simply the Bible.